You're listening to Language Nerds to Earth, a podcast about linguistics, culture, travel, and how they're all connected. Now it's time to meet your language nerd hosts. One in China, one in Spain. It's Patrice and Rachel. Hello, everyone. I'm Patrice. And I'm Rachel. And welcome to Language Nerds to Earth. We are on episode number 39. Yes. Uh, we're almost at 40. That is true. 39 does come before 40. (laughs) (laughs) I know, I'm quite astute. I'm an an astute observer. Oh, yeah. Today we're going to talk about traveling light, which was Rachel's idea. So, yeah, I thought this would be an interesting topic, and I think it's one that a lot of people aspire to do, and maybe it's difficult. Mm Mm-hmm. It is quite difficult, but first we're going to talk about why traveling light is helpful and Mm -hmm. why it's a good idea. And then we have some expert tips, not from ourselves. And then we do have some tips also from ourselves. Yeah. The travelers. So we'll have some general tips and then things that we've found helpful for ourselves. Mm Mm-hmm. A little shout out also, if you are enjoying the podcast, it would be great if you could go ahead and review us on iTunes. I know it's kind of a pain in the butt to go do, but it only takes a second and it really helps us out in terms of visibility. And yeah. Don't you want more people to get the enjoyment out of it that you get? <laughs> then. Anyway, also. Last week we were talking about the plural version of you and how we don't have one in the English language. And so when I put that up on our Instagram page, which is language under dash nerds under dash do under dash earth, I put up the weekly language briefing and Taffy the logo leapt was very enthusiastic about agreeing with us. And she also said that she even wrote a paper about that in grad school. And, yeah, and she actually has a YouTube channel and made a video about that very topic. So it's a really, really cool video. I'm going to go ahead and throw it up on the show notes as well. Cool. It's a really cool video about the history of the plural version of you. And she talks about how you comes from what used to be the formal version of the second person. Huh, cool. And thou was the informal version, if I remember correctly, from the video. Yeah, she's a true language nerd, so go check that out. That's awesome. So then that means that I was 100% wrong when I said (laughs) last week that thou was the formal version. Cool. No, No, that's okay. I I didn't know either. Actually, if you liked our episode on the history of English... This is, like, going a little deeper into it, even. I didn't know anything about this. It's just, like, a very, very specific part of the history of English. Yeah, that's really cool. I'll have to take a look at that. But, speaking of the history of English, we're going to go back a little bit further, slash 40,000 years further, (laughs) and (laughs) talk about today's language news. Nice segue. I know. <laughs> cool. So this was very fascinating, I thought. This link is from bigthink.com and it's about prehistoric European cave art. So there's a Canadian paleoanthropologist 
named Genevieve von Petzinger. And she went to 52 caves around France and southern Europe and found that there's a range of symbols, a very narrow range of symbols that can be found on the walls. It's just 32 different symbols in all of Europe. Oh. Yeah. Because you would think that all these different places must have had their own systems of writing, but... And they might have, but they they used a common number of symbols. So what's even more fascinating is that these symbols traveled with the spread of humanity itself. It says, Humans were already using about two-thirds of the symbols when they trekked from Africa to Europe. They used hashtags, like the pound key, the pound symbol, peniforms, which are feather shapes, and claviforms, which are key shapes, hand stencils, and a lot of other types, but there are a lot of very common symbols. Do you have the picture? Yeah, that is really interesting. Yeah. You really would think that, well, maybe I would think, that this is not a very sophisticated culture, and so I really didn't imagine that there would be any kind of commonality between continents. Mm-hmm. No, you wouldn't think that, but we're looking at a map of the world, and each continent has caves, obviously, with prehistoric man, or what we thought was prehistoric, but the writing on the caves is very similar throughout. Like, you'll see X's, you'll see hand symbols, um, the hashtag symbol, like a spiral, kind of like a snail. Okay. And they're in North America, Europe, India, China, Myanmar, Borneo, Australia, Southern Africa, Central Africa, South America. And so one thing that this article said that I thought was really interesting was even though we'll probably never actually be able to read these cave symbols, their meaning, their greatest legacy could be that we abandon the powerful narrative of history as total darkness until the Sumerians flip the switch. Which, if you remember, the Sumerians were the first ones to come up with a writing system, or so we thought. But it looks like people were slowly coming up with a writing system before the Sumerians. That's fascinating. And it really makes me wonder, like, what were they writing about? Yeah. Well, there are some theories... A French prehistorian suggested that they represented traps and weapons for hunting, obviously. That makes sense. Another one is that the hooks and lines were male symbols and ovals and circles were female ones. And another South African archaeologist suggested that hallucinogenic trips by shaman might have been the inspiration for some of the cave art. So Hmm. we have no idea. I wonder if they were writing their story or their records or Ooh, yeah. information they didn't want to be lost. Yeah, that makes sense. It's interesting that they all chose caves. Yeah. Maybe there was the same stuff on buildings and caves are where they survived the best. Yeah, that could be. Maybe they had some type of buildings. Yeah. I'm a little out of my depth here, but... (laughs) Yeah, I know. I guess caves were pretty permanent places, so... Yeah, and I think people used to be more nomadic in those days, and so it could be that a cave was a common shelter. Yeah, that's true. 
and that's where they had access to. I don't know. No, yeah, that totally makes sense. Like that maybe that's where they were hanging out, or they were least likely to be eaten by bears. Yeah. <laughs> or mountain lions or tigers. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, interesting stuff. We will obviously post that in our show notes, as always. Yes. And shall we move on to our main topic now? Of course. Now, I want to preface everything by saying that I am not very good at this. (laughs) But I am glad we're talking about it today. Yeah, so let's, I guess, start by talking about why you might want to take this into consideration. Yes, let's do that. Yeah. So, first of all, if you are traveling and you are able to take everything in a carry-on bag, let's say, then it's a lot more convenient for you, first of all, just the traveling part. You don't have to worry about the airline losing your luggage. You don't have to wait for the bags to be delivered to the carousel and you have it on you so you can like ensure that nothing bad happens to it I guess Mm -hmm. so it'll be cheaper and you don't have to worry about checked luggage that's totally true Mm -hmm. well said I think another reason that goes along with that is especially if you're going to be moving around a place a lot then it's so much easier to have very little to carry with you than to have to pack everything up again. I'll probably be bringing this up a lot because it's been my main experience with traveling light. Uh, When Seth and I were traveling around Southeast Asia Mm -hmm. for three months, we just each had a backpack. Like a big backpack or a small backpack? Oh, a big backpack. Like a 60 liter backpack. Okay. But that's when I learned like how nice it is not to have to like lug around a wheelie suitcase all the time. (laughs) Just throw something on your back and get moving. Like, it would have been so much worse if we had had an actual suitcase. Okay. It would have been so much more work. Yeah, so sometimes the terrain can be a problem. Mm -hmm. If you're walking through unpaved areas, then you probably don't want to have a rolling suitcase. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Or if you have, like, if you're staying in a hotel or a hostel that doesn't have an elevator and you have to go up to, like, the 10th floor, or if you're even just traveling, um, getting on trains and subways and planes, or not as much planes, but it's just so much nicer to just, like, know that everything you have is attached to your person. (laughs) Okay. See, I don't love having, like, a backpack because it kind of hurts my back. But having a small suitcase for me is good. So there's so many different types of quote-unquote carry-on size bags. True. um, Which varies by airline and by country and everything. But anyway, to have, like, basically a carry-on size rolling suitcase, like, it's light enough that I can carry it with no problem. I don't have trouble, like, putting it over my head if I need to on a train or something. Mm-hmm. And obviously it has some restrictions. Like, I would not take that to a place where I know I'm going to have to walk through the mud or walk, obviously, in the mountains. But yeah, if I'm just going, like, a city trip or basic tourism, I prefer that, personally. Yeah. That makes sense. I mean, if it's, and if it's light enough to carry, if I can carry it, then I'll put it in a backpack. But 
it is very important to take care of your back. So yeah. And I like to have like a smaller bag as well, like either a backpack or a purse or something that I can then rest on top of a rolling suitcase Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. have my hands free. Definitely. Hands free. It's important for being able to like carry your phone and your passport. Yes, exactly. So yeah, as you said, you want to be able to get into different modes of transportation. If you're moving around a lot in a country, you really don't want to have a huge suitcase. I mean, this is not to say that if you're going to live somewhere for a few months or something and you're going to be fairly stationary, that's not as important. But most of the time, you're going to move around a bit and walk on cobblestone streets and stuff like that. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, if you have a home base, it makes more sense. But if you're going to be moving around, it makes a huge difference. Yeah. So let's go into some tips from the experts. Yeah. So first, you have this how to travel light tips from Indiana Joe. So yeah, from Indiana Joe, I thought there were some a couple of good tips that I wanted to highlight. Starting with a small suitcase or a small whatever type of bag, if you start with a big bag, you will inevitably fill it. Yeah, it's true. So maybe even start smaller than what you think. Mm-hmm. And I really liked the idea of using a packing list. Yeah, and sticking to it. Yeah, do you do that? I try to make a packing list because inevitably if I don't have a packing list, I'll probably forget something. Yeah. And if I have a packing list and I know everything that I need is on the list then I'm not, like, constantly checking, like, did I pack this? Do I need this? Did I remember to put this in my bag? But I think the key with that is try to use the same list. Like, don't make a new list every time. Yeah. Just, like, take some stuff out and put some stuff in, depending on your situation. But that way you have, like, a tried-and-true test of what you know works. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, You have, like, your basic... Thing, and then if you're going to the beach, maybe you need to bring a swimsuit. Or if you're going to somewhere cold, maybe you need to add a coat or something. Yeah. Another trick that she has is to bring a maximum of three dual parachutes. And I think that's fine. She's right. It's really difficult, though, to decide on which shoes. Yeah. I think this is where it really helps to have some sort of walking shoes that can be dressed up a little bit Mm -hmm. if you're to go out at night or something yeah or sandals that you can also wear to the beach or something like that because you don't want to have just a pair of heels this is for girls obviously but just a pair of heels and you can only wear them like if you go to a club or something like that do you have any favorite shoes that work really well for you i have some shoes that i bought last year and i took them with me to germany and they were awesome I wore them most days, probably, unless it was raining. They weren't great for the rain because they're suede. But they're sort of like a sneaker, but the top is like an Oxford, Hmm. but with broguing, so it has little holes. And so it was really good for ventilation. Hmm. And they're super, super light. So Oh, wow. What's the brand? Do you know? No, I bought them here in Spain. At just this one store. I'll look at it later. But yeah, they were super light and very, very comfortable. But like sneakers. But then if you wore them like with nicer pants or a nicer shirt, then it would look 
I mean, I would wear them going out or something, going to dinner. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, that's so useful. I have a pair of shoes that I really, really like, mm-hmm. which is why I asked. They're like, they're flip-flops, but they have such wonderful support. Oh, okay. Like, for me, f- shoe support is really important. If I don't wear shoes with good support, my back starts hurting a little bit. Yeah. And especially if you're going to walk a lot, it's really important to have good support. And I never thought I would be the kind of person who's like, I need good support in my shoes, but I totally need it. So Yeah. And when you're (laughs) traveling, you usually end up walking a ton. So having comfortable shoes is so important. But yeah, the pair that I'm talking about is Ufos. Have you seen them? No, I'm going to look. O-O-F-O-S. I was wearing them in Thailand, and then they broke on the way to Bangkok from the beach. And I had worn them a lot Mm -hmm. on the way. I wore them for like two years straight, and finally they broke. And then that night we got to Bangkok, and I found a new pair in the mall. I was like, it was meant to be. (laughs) So I bought them immediately. They're a little expensive for flip-flops, but they are so nice. And you can... I wear them to work sometimes when it's like nice weather and I can wear them to the beach. I wear them around town. Cool. Wonderful. Yeah, I think it's pretty yeah. hard to find flip-flops that you can walk in. So that's a really good option. Definitely, yeah. Yeah. And then for the for winter, I usually like boots or something that have good support. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Boots, hiking boots are really good for the winter. Mm-hmm. It's harder to wear them if you're going to someplace dressy, but... True. (laughs) You're right, you're right. It depends what kind of trip you're taking, obviously. Yeah. Another website that you found, actually a a video on YouTube, I watched it. It's by this woman who is way cleaner and tidier than I will ever be. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, She uses... Packing cubes yeah, to pack her suitcase. Have you ever used packing cubes? I have used them, but mostly for my socks and underwear, bathing suits, stuff like that. But I am kind of curious about getting some now because it seems like also a really good way to keep your suitcase organized. Yeah. I hate when my suitcase is like exploding and I don't know where stuff is exactly or... It just makes everything feel chaotic. Yeah. When your suitcase is like that. Yeah. Yeah, I've I've never used them, like, but whenever I consider, like, I watched this video today and then I was like, um, Chinese internet, how much do packing cubes cost? <laughs> and I was, like, about to add them to my cart and then I got distracted by something else. This video is by Anne Le, L-E. It could be Anne Lee. Yeah. But it's travel tips on how to pack light. And she really, like, she pa- she packs all her packing cubes, and I'm like, no way that's all going to fit into a medium-sized suitcase. <laughs> and it did. Yeah. <laughs> she has so much makeup, too. Yeah. But I like that drawstring bag that she used. Um, that seems mm-hmm. really, like, it could lie flat and stuff. Yeah. That was really cool. Cool. So another, we watched another YouTube video, Exploring Alternatives. And they basically have traveled around i think they said they traveled for a year with just a day pack just like a small backpack so they seem very highly qualified to me yes but basically they had a lot of similar tips to some other people that we saw they 
talked about versatility and, you know, picking things that are going to be useful in a lot of situations. Layering mm-hmm. is a very big thing. Uh, you don't want to pack, like, just bulky sweaters if you're going somewhere for winter. So trying to find things that are lighter weight but layering them up, you would be warm. Um, one thing that I really liked that they talked about was a dry laundry bar, yeah, which seems like a really effective way of transporting something um, small. And that way you can wash your clothes wherever you are. Have you ever washed your clothes while traveling? I guess you have. Yeah. It's really nice in Asia. You can usually just like send off your laundry and it's charged by the kilo. Okay. In a lot of places. Like last time we did, man, we did it when we were in Chiang Mai after our trek. Oh, yeah. And our clothes were gross because we were hiking through the woods for three days and everything we had was on our back. So we didn't bring like changes of clothes really right like we washed them in rivers and they were damp so anyway when we were in chiang mai we got that done and they came back smelling like heaven (laughs) yeah so that is an option like a lot of i know a lot of places you can send it off but if you either don't have that option or for some reason don't feel like doing that if you maybe just have like a couple things that you want to wash really quickly i've done this before um just washing something in the sink but this dry laundry bar seems like that would be a much better option because i think i used i don't know you know just like soap for your body dude yeah i totally wish that i had had this when we were trekking yeah (laughs) it seems like it's gonna be small and like last for a long time so I will look into that. Any dry laundry bars want to sponsor the podcast, you can send me a little bar in the mail. <laughs> yeah, so that seems like a really good option. Yeah. And awesome. if you're in some place for like a couple days, then it's a good opportunity to wash your clothes and let them dry. Mm-hmm. I love it. So they also talk about using clothes made of merino wool. But apparently it's a really good material that's lightweight and it doesn't smell bad. Yeah, it's supposed to not absorb odor so much, so you can wear it more time. Also keeping that in mind for our next trip. (laughs) (sighs) Yes. So if you're thinking like, oh, this is not for me, I need to look good and I need to put my best foot forward while I'm traveling and I'm too much of a fashionista. That's fair enough, but we also watched a video about style-conscious light packing by Audrey Coyne, and we'll link the video too. She shows what she's taking for a week in London, and I think she has some good points about choosing a color palette, so choosing something neutral and then just like colors that go together, so you can mix and match everything very well. Yeah, that's really smart. Actually, that's one thing that I'm, that I always think when I'm watching these videos. Like, are my clothes too weird to be able to do that? <laughs> <laughs> like that one girl, Anne Lee, mm-hmm. maybe? Her wardrobe is just so nice and classy. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, maybe I need an upgrade <laughs> in my wardrobe <laughs> to be able to pack light. Well, I think <laughs> it's, uh, I think it's applicable though if you just have like solid color shirts or pants or something and then you can mix and match with those 
Everybody also has their, like, favorite go-to that they're gonna wear. I think one of my downfalls is I'll be like, oh, I really like this thing that I never wear. I'll bring it on the trip, and then I'll wear it there. But then I don't, and I just wear what I like to wear the most. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah, I do know what you mean. Like, your normal self is not, like, maybe adventurous enough to try something, but maybe your travel self will be. Yeah. Yeah, that's something I've learned when I'm packing as I try to bring what I know that I like and I know I'm going to wear. Mm-hmm. Another thing she said that I liked is bringing scarves if you want to, like, dress up your outfit mm. or something. Oh, yeah. Because that's they're usually pretty small and compact, and you can change the way that you look pretty drastically just by changing your scarf. That's totally true. And if you're traveling around a place like Italy or Asia where you need to dress, where you need to like cover up, yes. you can use scarves so versatilely. Yeah, if you bring like a big scarf, then it could be a shawl to cover your shoulders or you could tie it around your waist to make your dress longer, something like that. Yeah. Cover your head. I've done that in like Russia and. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. I haven't been to Russia. Well, for churches, you need to cover your head in a lot of Orthodox churches. Yeah, I remember you saying that. That sounds really interesting. Mm -hmm. Finally, we have a list of 30 experts who are maybe travel bloggers or they work in the travel industry, and they Mm -hmm. each shared a tip. So we're not going to look at all of them, but some of the more interesting ones. Mm -hmm. Yeah, There was this one that was really, really helpful, I think. And basically, how to narrow things down. Use these five rules, and each item of clothing needs to satisfy at least three of these rules. Mm -hmm. So number one, it has to be comfortable for touring around, but can be dressed up for the evening. And that, like, eliminates so much right there. Yeah. Number two, is appropriate for cool or warm weather. Number three, doesn't show stains. Number four, folds up small. Number five, it coordinates well with almost everything else you're bringing. I think that's a really great way to narrow things down. Yeah, and so I like that it doesn't have to comply with every single one of those, because how many articles of clothing do you really have that work for each of those? But but it's cool because if it has at least three, then it's a good option. Totally. Yeah, I really like that. And actually, it helps to have that list because one thing that I heard when I was in college, and I've always tried to go buy it, is whenever you go on a trip, lie out everything you think you're going to need, and then put away half of it. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you're studying abroad, or if you're going on just a weekend trip. So that, if you can take that list and apply it to all of your clothing articles, then that will really help you make some decisions. Totally. And I don't usually do this. I'm usually pretty last minute and like quick packer. But I know that the times that I have packed the best, I have actually done that. (laughs) Yeah. Right. So another tip was placing all your clothes into your bag vertically so it looks like a filing cabinet. And (laughs) then you can see everything that you have. So this kind of reminded me of the Marie Kondo method of folding and stuff. He also mentioned that you can see what shirts or pants or jackets or whatever don't go with the rest and you can remove things that won't go with most of what you have. Mm -hmm. I actually haven't watched any of that show. 
Oh, no. But I know I need to. I want to read her book. I've had it on my to-read list for, like, five years, probably. Wow. I didn't know she's been around for that long. Yeah. She just finally got her own show. So, that makes sense. I like that rule about folding file cabinet. I haven't tried that. I usually roll when I pack, but it could be an option. Yeah, I mean, you could... I mean, the way I'm picturing it is you could roll things up and then put them in. Instead of lying down rolled, they're standing uh-huh. up rolled. Oh, yeah, that could be. You could still see everything. Yeah. But, of course, it would never stay that way. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, yeah, this is great. Don't use bulky shoe covers. Use shower caps. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. I've never used a shoe cover, though. I usually just try to place the soles facing up so they're not <laughs> getting my clothes dirty. Me too, or try to use a plastic bag, but then later the plastic bag becomes a laundry bag. <laughs> but I don't use it. Um, But bags, bags, bags. I do try to like keep a bunch of bags with me, mm-hmm. and they're not really packing cubes, but I use bags for like my hair products or makeup. Or any jewelry that I'm taking, I try to put them in little little cloth bags mm-hmm. so they stay together. Yeah, it serves the same purpose. One other tip that I thought was really just like a good reminder is, he said, everywhere you go has 99% of what you need. You can buy almost anything anywhere in the world. So it truly is safe to pack half of what you think you'll need. Mm-hmm. That's totally true. And that's, I think, really helpful for things like what ifs. Like, what if I cut my finger? Like, you can buy some Band-Aids. Yeah. You should take some things, I think, like maybe allergy meds, especially if you have a serious allergy. Anti-inflammatories. Yeah, anti-inflammatories. I like to take ibuprofen or something like that, because sometimes I do get headaches. Right. If it's something regular for you, then I would take it, but if it's like... A medicine you haven't used in two years, maybe it's expired, first of all, and second of all, <laughs> not likely that you're going to need it. Yeah, um, if you're going to a place where experience tells you that you could be getting, like, digestive issues, then bringing Imodium makes sense or something, but, mm-hmm. but yeah, like you said, if it's not a common condition for you, then obviously it's not going to be that helpful. Yeah, basically you don't need to bring your whole stash of meds with you. Just in case. Right. (laughs) So, should we give some of our own tips now? Sure. Slash Rachel's tips, because I don't think I'm very helpful in this episode. (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay. So, we've already mentioned layering clothing, but I think that's a really key one. Yeah. That's the one of the best ways you can use your space effectively is taking light items that can be taken off or put on to make you cooler or warmer. So things like a light jacket or something that is actually warm, that's really helpful, I think. Yeah, I just got my first light jacket earlier this year. <laughs> nice. It's like a windbreaker slash rain jacket. Cool, dual purpose. Pretty fancy. Yeah, it's right here. Sound effects. <laughs> It was useful sleeping in the rice barn in Mehongsan. That's awesome. It was cold in there. I think something like that, like a windbreaker, is really good for a lot of situations. Yeah, exactly. So something that I think... Actually, last year when I went to Germany, I think I did a really good job packing light. Uh-huh. I wanted to have, like, room left over in my carry-on bag. You went for two weeks, right? Mm-hmm. To Germany? Yeah. 
Yeah, and you were traveling all around the country. Right, so I wanted that to be easy, and I wanted to not pay on Ryanair. <laughs> yeah. Those were my goals. A 50-cent flight becomes a 75-euro flight yeah. very quickly on Ryanair. <laughs> yeah, so my suitcase is a little bit bigger than what they require, I think. Anyway, it was fine. But the zipper on my suitcase is also stuck to be extended like the zipper broke off so it's always in the extended mode uh, so I always have to be careful when I'm going somewhere I always just try to pack less so it can squish down that makes sense but anyway yeah so what I did was I tried to think about like okay I'll take like one skirt and one pair of pants and like two pairs of shorts or something like that and they were all pretty neutral and then I tried to choose shirts that were light and could be layered over and were similar colors so I could wear every shirt with every bottom. That is so smart. And vice versa. And then I did take out things that I was like, oh, that color looks bad with this one. <laughs> or like I could only wear this shirt with this pair of pants. Like that's not very useful. And I brought one sweater and one fleece that I wore, I think. And the sweater I could wear, it was light. It has a looser weave. So it was good for the summer for evenings and things and it looked good like over something that was dressy or something casual so I thought that was a nice one that's great yeah cardigans cardigans and light sweaters are so awesome like like neutral color Mm -hmm. or black they're so useful definitely and I brought a lot of black or gray and I had one skirt that was green I can't remember what else but basically yeah everything could go with everything One thing that I really liked, I have this, it's kind of a mock turtleneck that's short-sleeved and it's gray. And I really liked it because it wasn't too hot or anything. And it was just warm enough for Germany in the summer. That was kind of a nice one. It also helped to me not get sunburnt. But it's a very light, light material. So I could wear it even on the hot days and be okay. That's a great idea. Yeah, I was gonna, I was thinking... Like, even though you were there in the summer, Germany still gets kind of chilly in the evenings in the summer, so. Mm-hmm. You did do a good job. Yeah, I think I brought two pairs of shoes, some sandals. Maybe I brought three. Some sandals that I could wear during the day or at night if it was warm enough. And some sneakers that were m- more sturdy for walking because we were planning on doing some hiking. And the ones that I was saying before, the kind of Oxford sneakers. So I wore between those three. That's awesome. I really want to know what brand those sneakers were and get a pair of my own because they sound great. (laughs) I'm going to look for the brand in a minute. Yeah, sounds good. Oh, one thing that I did want to talk about as far as our tips go is when you're trying to travel light, especially if you're traveling for an extended period of time, you would figure this out, but you definitely want to keep the stuff that you're buying to a minimum Mm -hmm. when it comes to like buying little souvenirs. Because magnets or jewelry or extra t-shirts can really start adding up if you buy, like, one every few days. Usually what we try to do when we're traveling is toward the end of the trip, we're like, okay, now it's time to go find a magnet. (laughs) (laughs) Or (laughs) now, like, we're at the end, we're going to get what we wanted to and see what we have room for in our suitcase, basically. Mm. Yeah, that's a good tip. I do find it hard when I'm traveling around a lot and I'm like, I don't know if I'll find this again or so I'm a little bit more mm, loose with that. 
because I also feel like I have usually a backpack as well. And yeah. I can stick, like, a mug or something in there, you know. You can make room. Yeah, I'll make room for my mug. I used to buy a lot of mugs yeah. when I traveled, but I haven't bought them recently because <laughs> I have enough mugs. <laughs> yeah, we have way too many magnets. We try to get a magnet wherever we go, mm-hmm. and our fridge is full of magnets, which is cool, but... Yeah, you can definitely load up on things. Definitely. It's fun. I I love having a little physical memory of a place that I went, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why if I... I don't usually see something anymore that I'm like, oh, I have to have this. But if I do, it's like, okay, that's reasonable. I'm not usually buying, like, a giant thing or something. It's usually, like, right. a small... I have a couple magnets that I've bought recently and, I don't know, a picture maybe. Right, yeah. That's a good tip, though. Ooh, microfiber towel. Yeah, that's a really good one. I think if you're staying in a hostel or something, or if you're going to someplace where you need a towel or trekking, but you, it's not necessary for everywhere, definitely. No, but I mean, one of the tips that I saw on that list was like, don't bring a towel, bring a sarong. No, sarongs do not work as towels. No. Ask me how I know. <laughs> but microfiber towels... Like, they're very light, almost as light as a sarong, and they are so useful. You can use them as an extra blanket. Yeah, and you can buy really small ones. Mm-hmm. True. But I, like, for example, when I went to Germany, I did not need to bring a towel. Mm-hmm. We were staying in hotels and a couple Airbnbs, but they had towels and it wasn't necessary. But depending on your destination... And the type of travel you're doing, I think, is definitely useful. It's like Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Don't forget your towel. Right? I'm sorry, I don't get that reference. <laughs> did you see? Did you read the book or see the movie? No. It's so good. Oh my god, that is your homework. You have to watch the movie. <laughs> okay, okay. It's so, so good. I mean, the book is really funny, too, obviously. But if you don't have time to read the book, watch the movie. So, (laughs) yeah, those are good tips. I like your list that you have here. Thank you. I think also a really important one is don't be afraid to rewear your clothes. Yes. Especially if you're going on like a week trip, you don't need to bring five pairs of pants. One or two will be enough. Amen, sister. (laughs) You need one max of two swimsuits in your life in general also. Think about those tan lines. Yeah, I don't think clothes are meant to be full of soap all the time. No, definitely not. So yeah, and when you're traveling, don't worry. I mean, you just rewear your pants or your shirts or your sweater. (laughs) Right. You don't need to have a completely different outfit for every single day. Right, exactly. You will not be traveling light at that point. (laughs) If that's your concern. If your main concern is always smelling like you just stepped out of the washing machine, then, then you do need to do that. Yeah, I mean, everybody has different priorities, and not everybody wants to travel light, or not every single time either, but Mm -hmm. our goal is just to help you if that is your goal. Exactly. I think, so as I mentioned, I roll my clothes, and so when I went to the U.S. over Christmas, I took two pairs of boots, and I wore a tall pair, so I I was just really excited because I had gotten two new pairs of boots, so I wanted to bring them home with me, but... So to make that work, I put all of my socks and underwear and everything, I rolled them up and put them inside my boots. Mm -hmm. And 
Obviously, this won't work if you have, like, very smelly, smelly shoes. Or you could just put your dirty laundry in there, I guess. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> True, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, it's a good place because that space is going to be wasted otherwise. Yeah. Yeah, definitely take advantage of those crevices in your suitcase, mm-hmm. including shoe holes. Yeah. In between clothes, obviously. In between boxes. A lot of times I'll use my clothes to wrap up things. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's a great one. Especially if I'm bringing a gift or something and I don't want it to break, I can wrap it in my clothes. Definitely. Or a glass bowl or something that you decide to buy on the way home. Exactly. You don't need to have that bubble wrap. You've got your sweaters or whatever. (laughs) You've got your dirty sweaters. (laughs) Yeah. Something that's really cool and I think has become popular in the past few years is these kind of outfits that are so multifunctional. It's like a piece of fabric and you can have like different dresses and cardigans and shirts and it's really cool. Like there's one I'll link up. I think you can wear it... I don't know how many ways, but maybe 20 ways you can wear it. Wow. For a bunch of different looks. That's so cool. The chrysalis cardigan. I cannot believe that you can wear it so many different ways. I totally want this. Isn't that cool? I know. I think it's perfect for traveling because it's one color and you can have a dress or you can have like three dresses Mm -hmm. at least. You can have a cardigan. You can have a cool shirt. A scarf? Like, literally five different shirts here. Yeah. That's so cool. I really want this. Mom! (laughs) (laughs) It's pretty awesome. Yeah. So, we'll link that up. Yes. But there are some different companies who are trying to make these kind of convertible clothing. Yeah. Awesome. That makes so much sense for traveling, too. You have so many different needs. With one item, you have a million different uses. It's great. Go to our show notes and check out the Chrysalis Cardi. Yeah. Okay, well, I think that's pretty much it for this week, everybody. Uh, Just a quick little episode on Traveling Light, which we all need a reminder of. Yeah. What is your best tip for Traveling Light? What is your go-to? Yeah, we want to hear from you. If you have a really great tip that we didn't mention or you want to expand on something that we mentioned then please let us know. You can comment in our show notes or write us anywhere because we are listening to you. Yeah, and we don't have a Lost in Translation this week, so what do you need to do? You need to go to our website and hit the button on the voice recorder and tell us your story because we want to hear it. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you podcast. And follow us on all the social media channels, specifically Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. That's where we're most active. We also have YouTube and Pinterest if those are your favorite places to go. Maybe we'll be there. And like we said, please leave us a review on iTunes. Tell your friends about it if you're enjoying it and show them how to subscribe also. Yes. Some people don't podcast. Yeah. Some people really don't know how to do it. Thank you so much for listening and see you next week. Yeah. Have a great one. Bye. Bye. Bye.